Hi, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. I'm Amy Souter with the Packer and Produce Market Guide, PMG for short, two trade publications in the fresh produce industry. Thanks so much for joining us. Today, we take a turn toward a road less traveled and feature a small farmer with a big digital presence, Lizette Garcia of Sweet Girl Farms in Reedley, California, where the family has a fruit, vegetable, and flower farm with a farm stand open year-round with online ordering available with in-person pickup. With such an active presence on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, Lizette caught the attention of our digital strategist, Brooke Park, who interviews her for this episode. Lizette's posts are engaging, authentic, fun, and useful to the ag industry. She is learning and sharing lessons that can apply to independent and chain retailers, buyers, and other producers at much larger commercial operations nationwide. Lisette has been featured repeatedly in the Los Angeles Times and was Reedley's Entrepreneur of the Year. It also doesn't hurt that this interview was recorded during National Hispanic Heritage Month. But regardless, we want to feature this growing demographic in our industry year-round. In this episode, Lisette talks about how her family got into produce, expanded, and evolved their business. How they deal with challenges such as the severe water shortages in the West, her take on social media, and what motivates her to work in this business. Let's hear it directly from Lizette. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Um, uh, Lizette Garcia. Lizette Garcia, perfect. Um, so, Lizette, uh, you you have you know kind of a traditional education. You know, you you went to what was it University of California Merced for your bachelor's. Uh-huh. And then um, the University of Southern California for your master's in public health. Yeah. And you own a farm and a farm stand in Reedley, California. Is that correct? Yeah. So, you know, you I noticed you initially on social media. You have such an engaged audience and they just love you so much. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And then your YouTube channel, I don't know if you use any other uh, platforms that much, but, you know, you're just so great at marketing your business, and you do a really great job in advocating for a healthy diet, and you practice what you preach. Um, I'm just curious, what started you in the produce industry? Um, so my family has been doing, they've been resellers. My parents were introduced to produce through family members. And then my family members were the ones that were reselling, like they would buy wholesale and then they would sell at flea markets. And so my parents saw that as like a good opportunity for them to start their own business. And because those family members were already doing it, that's how they got kind of like a base for it, like a foundation okay. for how to do that. And then... I really don't know the exact details, but then my parents started traveling to the valley. Okay, so all of this wholesaling stuff was taking place in SoCal, okay, in LA, and so because that's where I was born and raised for like up until like I left to college, I think. So <laughs> it's it, too many details. No, I love it. I love it. How my life yeah, has evolved. Um, so uh, and then, like I said. My parents discovered that they could travel up to the valley and find farms where they can talk to farmers and, you know, harvest direct from the farm and then sell uh, down again in SoCal. 
that's how they got introduced to the valley. And then little by little, like as the years progressed, they traveled more and more up north because they just kept like, connecting with more people and they just ended up landing here in Reedley. That's how they got involved more, like I said, with farming. Okay. With where the actual source was from, like, you, you know, where the actual fruit was coming from. And then once they saw that, and then once they saw the opportunity to acquire the farm we're on right now, that's how we acquired the farm, and that's why as well. Because they were already doing it, they're like, well, if we're already saw someone do it, they're like, we should do that. Yeah. And that's how that integrated <laughs> and evolved the business. Well, they say... Sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, they say once you get into produce, it kind of gets in your blood and it's impossible to get out. <laughs> why is that true? I don't understand why that's true. I don't either. <laughs> Something about, I don't know, the actual physicality of it getting into your blood. <laughs> okay. And so going back to your original question of, like, how I got involved, it was because I was born into it. But mm-hmm. that's how I was born into it, because I saw that, that entire trajectory trajectory that I just told you, I saw that um, because I was born when we were still selling at, um, like, on the side of the of the road, um, in sidewalks, and then, then we thought the flea market was, like, wow, the best thing ever, <laughs> and then <laughs> we were, like, oh, my God, we were, like, we need permits, that means we're official, you know, like, so, so we just started to, just those, those things in general, just, so I saw, I saw all of that. Yeah. So, so that's how I was involved in in produce and then in agriculture when we start. Well, when we started to drive up to farms, I was involved because we were my my mom didn't have a babysitter. I would travel with them, um, and and so I would be with them like in different farms, and they would go and visit and harvest. Um, so I was there, like I was packing grapes and. You know, handing them, like, I don't know, little, little, little jobs that to them was, like, helpful. Yeah. <laughs> my parents were helpful, yeah, yeah. But I was, but I was, at the, I was with them, so, um, and then, you know, here at the farm, well, then, like, me actually farming is more recent, though. So, because they saw how laborious farm work is, that's why they always advocated for me to go to college. But it's funny because I still ended up here. My dad has some university education, but he still ended up being a farmer. Right. So his parents also advocated for <laughs> something else, but it's just funny that two generations were it's still it's, back to farming. <laughs> well, it's true and honest work. So, I mean... <laughs> yeah. You yeah, do, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do such a great job at really you know, just kind of advocating for the agricultural community. And I see it every day up on my feed, and I'm just like, she is doing such a great job. And, you know, I'm curious, like, how, what motivates you? How do you, you know, keep going every day to do more and do better? Mm-hmm. Um, at first I didn't know what motivated me, Brick, but then um, there's just so been so many, um, I don't want to say hardships, but just very complicated times. Like that have disrupted in the way like our family functions. Okay. Not not our family structure because we're we're like very close knit, but in terms of 
situations such as like that the, the water situation yes. that we're still going through you know like so that's what I mean by like things that have like disrupted how well we function in terms of like doing our job because problems are just prevalent throughout life like I can't say that this is going to be my last problem ever in my life <laughs> um one thing that I notice is that regardless of how small or big the problem is my parents I see them so okay so for them they're they're so resilient and then for example when we ran out of water my dad was eating he was he I came back running to because <laughs> my brother went up okay okay God. the entire <laughs> situation is just all tumbled up <laughs> the day of the day of I was going about my day I was at the farm stand I was selling I was um, I was actually watering my plants, like my flowers, my tomatoes, and whatever else I still had alive. Um, and then my brother runs up to me, and he's like, hey, turn off your uh, drip, because he's like, we're losing water pressure in our pump. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, whatever. Um, I turn it off, right? But I don't, I, like, I say whatever, not that I'm minimizing the problem. I'm just, oh, okay. Um and so I turn off, and then I turn off the irrigation, and then I come to the back, and then my brother's like, hey, um, I think you used up the last of our water. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? And I'm still, you know, I'm still calm. I'm still calm and collected. And he's like, yeah, um, there's no there's no water coming out of any of the uh, irrigation lines here in the back. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, did you check the, the big well? And he's like, yeah, um, he's like, yeah, but that one, it loses pressure, you know, every so many seconds. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, okay, that's not good. And then, so, because we have two, two wells, there's the domestic for the house unit, and then, but also it irrigates, like, some of the land. And then there's the ag well. And so, the domestic well is the one that we completely lost. Like, there's nothing there. And that's the one that I was utilizing to irrigate a lot of the vegetables and flowers that I normally have because there was no way to irrigate it. And even though I did, like, implement a very bootstrap <laughs> system, which is literally just buckets and me hauling them to the plant, oh. yeah, a lot of them didn't survive. So, okay, so going back to my parents, they were sitting down eating, and they're like, don't worry, guys. We've, we've lived without water before oh. in the world. I was like, oh, my God. So just hearing them say that, I was like, okay, if they've learned how to survive with, a lot, like, many years without water, because apparently that's how they lived <laughs> when they were kids, I was like, okay, that kind of, in some very weird way, that settled my nerves. My, my dad said it with, like, I'm telling you, he was just having, he was having lunch. He was like, Guys, we've survived without water. We've survived without electricity and um, without, like, an actual kitchen and stuff. So he's like, don't worry. We're going to figure it out. Oh, my. That's a wonderful way to look at life. <laughs> exactly. And because I have them as an example of that, yeah, that's that's really where I get my, my motivation. I suppose, how would I say this? That's where I get my... My drive, yeah, because it's really how uh, on how lucky they are to just be here in terms of like being alive, B being able to even run the farm, like 
able to afford having, you know, the, the, the tractors, the machinery and everything, they're like, don't worry. Like, you think we're in a good spot. Like, if, you know, we need to sell stuff, we have stuff to sell. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, goodness. So to me, that was, when I hear that, I'm surprised myself because I, those are things that I don't expect because I can't even expect them of myself because I'm freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> but, but them, they're like, I don't know. It's, it's so odd. Like, it's, it's odd because I'm telling you, these are trying times, mm -hmm. at least in my head. And for them to just be so calm and collected, yes, they worry. Yeah, I, I could see it in their, in their eyes, a little bit of fear. But at the same time, most, most of their actions and the way they carry themselves, it's more that of a calm person than someone that's gonna lose their mind. Okay. <laughs> and so that's where I get the motivation and just, okay, stay calm, stay motivated, just focus, focus and, you know, keep working so that things will eventually fall into place and then we'll also have the mind and energy to, to figure out the solution. Okay. So I was gonna ask, um, what, What's your best marketing advice? Uh, to be yourself. Yeah. Cause that's, that's mostly what I do when I, basically the process of me posting something. Yeah, that decision take, takes place like in a millisecond. So if I'm going about my day and then there's something that I think I want to share, and then if I don't have customers, like once I finish, uh, helping customers and stuff and then I get the time to just speak, um, I just grab the phone and record it. Uh, or take a picture or whatever it is that I wanted to share it and then I share it. Um, but I noticed that it helped me more when I introduced myself on social media and then also when I started to have like good information I guess to share, I suppose, is that if that's the best way to put it. Yeah. But but being myself. Okay, okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um, and then, so do you have like a fun bucket list item, something that you want to do? <laughs> Sleep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. Nothing. <laughs> I don't ask for it. I love that. I love that so much. Thank you, because it's so true. Well, just that. Maybe more family time, just among us, even, because just the way I work, my parents work more. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, guys, I think we need to stop for a while <laughs> I was, that's kind of leading into my next question is how do you unwind like how do you relax um i okay so i like to do stretches at the end of the day or early morning <clears throat> so i would say exercising yeah um yeah mostly exercise and then i have okay so the funny thing is that hobbies for me or like unwinding like and uptaking a new hobby is mostly related to business so I get into another business. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I actually start other ways of producing. The way I relax is I sit in the computer and then I just write out things that I want to do. Well, yeah. I really appreciate getting to know you. And, you know, I, I wish I'd met more people with your positive outtake on life. And, um, you know, just kind of, kind of to close things out, I'm curious in regards to the water issue that you were speaking about earlier, um, mm -hmm. what are you guys doing about it? Is there anything that can be done? So, um, we've, we've implemented a temporary solution 
in the sense of just replacing the old pub that we used to have, because apparently that was like a hundred plus years old. And we're like, okay, <laughs> well, so now we're just using one well for the entire property. That well is mainly the one that we use to irrigate our crops. We do have to dig another well, and that's where we're working on so that we can get that started. Because we were quoted, I believe, at 80k. So it is a good chunk of change. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're just trying to figure it out. That's the next thing that we're trying to hopefully get to. Um, oh, I'm hoping that we can raise the funds before the end of the year or something. You know, feel a little bit more at ease. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mhm, mhm, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Lisa. It's so wonderful. You know, I, I love to hear from you and everybody in the egg community and just thank you again for everything that you're doing. Oh, of course. Hey, everyone. That wraps it up for us today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please take a moment to hit that subscribe button, rate us, and type out a quick review on whatever platform you use to listen to Tip of the Iceberg podcast, whether it's Google Play, Audible, Apple, or others. It really helps us out. And enjoy our earlier episodes. In our last two, we talked to Wendy Reinhardt Kapsack of Produce for Better Health Foundation about influencing produce consumption at retail, food service, and farms. And then Mike Mowdy of Executolytics about fall and winter produce at retail and the holidays. And we'll have more of these great conversations from the industry each week. Thanks so much for your support. Have a wonderful week.